And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? We got to make our podcast stand out. You know, I was just thinking the exact same thing. I was like, what makes us different? You know, it was interesting because I got a text message from someone last night that said that they met with a brand consultant and said the brand consultant said, we want to try to make you different and not have boring brand assets. And then they actually used our Startup Hustle logo as an example. Does that mean was, we're boring? Yeah. It was a real, real story here. And I, and, <laughs> but I, and I said, at first it was a compliment, but then I read what was on the panel. I was like, well, we need to be different. But I asked her, I said, I said, so where did they come up with that? And the guy says, oh, I just pulled the people that were off of the top of the listings. That felt like an oxymoron a little bit. Yeah. I was like, you want to be at the top of the listings. What's yeah. wrong with the brand? But how do you stand out? Now, actually, if you have found the Startup Hustle podcast, you notice that we just have a Startup Hustle logo on it, not our faces. Because, Matt, as much as I'd like to speak differently to this, no one knows what we look like. We're here. We're this audio program. Matt has a face for radio. Yeah, well, a lot of people know what we're what our faces look like because they've been watching our social media stuff. And if you're a listener, I think you should too. You can start a hustle chat. You can follow all the hosts on our personal profiles. Start a hustle on Instagram. We're on the YouTube. A bunch of other stuff. We've been publishing all kinds of content, man. I even had a video that's coming up on a two millionth view, bro. Two million. That's crazy. It is crazy. So yeah. It probably seems like a good time to let everyone know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io because hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Go to Fullscale.io to learn more. Anyway, that was a, a quick precursor to what we're talking about, how to differentiate. And, you know, Matt, I, you hear me talk about this a lot. I, I say if you're doing the same shit that everyone else is doing, <clears throat> probably time to do something a little different, but differentiation is a big thing when it comes to selling, branding, and building your sales, right? Well, and it can be a little different, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that sell hamburgers. McDonald's isn't the only one. They've got lots True. of competition, and I like to go to Shake Shack because their hamburgers actually taste good, right? Are, and you, uh, right. there's a million reasons they could be different. But McDonald's differentiated back in the day. Like, if you've ever seen the movie The Founder with Michael Keaton, great show. If you haven't seen it, I love it. Um, and I'm not saying I'm like Mr. McDonald's, but they differentiated because at the time you would have to go to a drive through. It took a long time. They were actually serving your, your food on like real plates and stuff like that, where the difference with McDonald's was you could walk up and it was like literally fast food. Yeah. So that was a differentiator and that made a big difference. There's a lot of things that are, that are, you know, that you can do to stand out. I mean, some of it is really wild and creative. Too. You know, some people's form of differentiation is just kind of being a lunatic well, on like social good, media. Yeah. 
like Dollar Shave Club is a good example of that, mm-hmm. right? Like you've got you've got some of these that it's like their whole brand is like their crazy marketing, but their product is probably about the same as everybody else's. Yeah. And you know, there's there's tens of millions of people doing so, dude, there's over a billion websites online now. That was a B. It's a lot of numbers, right? So how do you stand out? And, you know, like I said, there's a, there's a whole lot of different ways you can do it. Like, I mean, Matt, when you look at the businesses that, all right, well, let's go back. Let's go old school. So you were one of the founders of Vent Solutions, $150 million exit. There's the Wikipedia page about that and everything. But like, how did you stand, how did you guys stand out? I mean, this was 20 years ago. Well, at that time, there there was not a lot of SaaS, like cloud-based CRM systems for mm-hmm. car dealers. There was one other one that was our main competition, and they weren't very big either. Um, so the big differentiator for us was that um, it was cloud it was cloud-based, and we actually had uh, we actually copied Salesforce. They had these little like red circle with a line through it that said like no servers, no hassle. Like I don't remember all they were, and we like basically stole that same idea. Because a lot of our competition was still selling servers that they installed at a car dealership and stuff that didn't do a very good job with internet related stuff. And so we we were very, very good at all things internet related and we were also hosted on the cloud. So So well speaking of differentiation, uh, you know, chat GPT, why AI was out there is kind of taking the world and social by storm. So I decided to ask it. What are some ways to differentiate? Number one was unique products or services. And I think that you were you were right in, in saying that. So your business, it, it was, uh, the servers were really expensive for, for yeah. your competitors had. I remember we've talked about that, you know, talking about this $50,000 commitment and then you're selling them to a car place, which doesn't usually in 2003, 2006, 2010 have an IT guy. Well, I mean, people- they might now, they didn't then. People also forget forget that like 15, 20 years ago when you would buy software, you're like, oh, I buy this software and it's like $50,000. Yeah. It wasn't like $200 a month. Like you paid like these giant upfront fees and stuff for it. That was yeah, so a the, big differentiator. So, but the unique product or service, I mean, the cost. Okay. So the, yeah. there's, a, there's a differentiation there and cost can be a thing. Like it can be, you can be doing the same thing as everyone else, but you can find a way to do it better, faster, cheaper. Technically that is differentiation as well. Yeah. And and things as simple as location is differentiator, (laughs) right? Like, Oh, we only focus on people that live in this area or whatever, or this country, you know, there there are people that do what Uber does in other countries that are just not Uber. I mean, there's a lot of ways to differentiate. Well, I think one of the things that we've learned a thousand up a thousand plus episodes later is that, well, the people that invented the idea aren't, I mean, oftentimes, if not the majority of the times, aren't the people that actually take it big. No, almost almost no idea is unique, right? Like everybody you meet is like, oh, we somebody should create this thing. Like lots of people have this idea. And my favorite are the the bad ideas that people just keep redoing over and over and over. Like every month, I swear I see another company that does something with medical records. Like there's some new medical record software that's going to solve the problem of getting your medical records. Like somebody's been trying to do that for like ever and nobody's ever succeeded. Well, but you, you find a way to do it differently. I was actually talking to um, someone that I'm not sure if the, their episode will have been published by the time this one comes out. So I'll leave that 
uh, blank, but, you know, talking about how to, how to sell boring stuff. I like boring stuff. I know. And well, a lot of people sell boring stuff. In fact, most stuff is boring. It is. And it might not be boring to you because you have a passion for it, but for the rest of the world, it's fucking boring. So, you know, some of that stuff is like, you hear me say this a lot, man, when it comes to differentiating your marketing, your messaging, all of it, lead with the need. And if you solve a problem that people are annoyed with, don't be, I think you shouldn't be afraid to be a, like openly like abrasive about it. You know, you're like, this problem sucks. I'm tired of it. And if enough people have that problem, you're going to get their attention. And that's a form of differentiation. I think that people try to be way too vanilla and plain and boring with their messaging and their approach. Like, well, you mentioned Dollar Shave Club. All of their, all of their ads were always different and weird. Um, you know, one of the things, so Ma- uh, MailChimp was a great, has a great marketing case study. So when they came out, they, in order to differentiate, they, they intentionally always did. So they'd be like snail wimp or something like they would always say their name wrong in their ad along because it was kind of funny watching them do it, but it made, Oh yeah, it's actually male chimp, not snail wimp or, you know, like, you know, a bunch of different things, but, but it made it stuck in the head and that's the whole thing. So if you, if you took the average newspaper, yeah, that's an archaic thing. They still make those, but if you took one, so inside a newspaper, and this is kind of an old school example. So I used to live in Washington, DC and the, the size of the, the Washington post every day gives you enough paper to wallpaper all surfaces inside most American homes. That, and and keep in mind, that's a two-sided thing. So that's just to cover it and you'd see one side. So how do you make your ad stand out and something like that? Got to do something different. All right. So according to GPT, they, they, like, they put at number two exceptional customer service. And man, in this day and age, that would differentiate you. It's a huge one. I mean, at my last <laughs> company, Stackify, that was one of the ways that we differentiated against our competitors is we we responded to most customer issues within one hour where a lot of our our competitors would be like one or two days did i have to actually put in a ticket to know that that was a thing or did you do any marketing or exposure that was related to that um i don't know that we really promoted that very much but people definitely got it when they submitted tickets why not why didn't you promote it Ah, that's a good question yeah I mean, if that's like a real thing and it's taken a couple days, you know, like, yeah, I mean, all right. How about competitive pricing strategy? Talked about that a little bit with the unique part of it, but I mean, Dollar Shave Club was, uh, you know, they're getting a lot of free press. Maybe you guys should send us some razors. Uh, the problem with razor blades is two companies own 99% of the market share. So they don't really have a good reason. Razor blades don't need to be as expensive as they are. They're insane. That's why I grow a beard. Well, and so one part of it is the price, right? Oh. Like we charge a, we have a premium product or a cheaper product or whatever, but it could also be, is it a subscription business or, or not? It could be, you know, different types of delivery, how the product is, is packaged up. Is it sold monthly? Is you pay for it annually? Like pricing and packaging is kind of its own different thing, right? Um, it's like, oh, I buy server hosting, but I pay an annual contract and I get it real cheap versus somebody else might be like, hey, I want something where I only pay for the minute. I, oh, sure. I, 
I want a different, like I want it a different way. Right. So that's the thing. Like sometimes pricing and packaging changes dramatically a whole business model. Well, we did this a little bit at full scale uh, when we started it. And that's, that's the company that Matt and I own together. We help people build software teams, but you know, so when we, we kind of went with the anti approach, we asked our employees and our first customers and our friends and peers, what problems they had with offshore developers for our employees. We asked them what they didn't like about the companies they'd work for. And we just did the opposite. Right. But one of the things that came up, so, you know, at full scale, you can, uh, end your contract with 30 days notice. And we had a lot of people that were, had, had, were hesitant to do long. So a lot of our competition would make you sign a 12 month agreement. Right. Yep. And you're like, but I don't even know if this person's a good fit for my team. And we, and we looked at that. So we modeled our, our, our outward facing business for our internal needs and who we were as we, let's say built by founders for founders. Cause I mean, I wouldn't, you know, that's a lot, a lot of commitment. And so, you know, we said, well, if you don't think it's the right person for your team, we don't want them on your team either. We're not going to stick you in a yeah. year long contract with that. So. Yeah. Con- contract term is a big one, right? Depending on who you're doing business with. And another one that is um, related to full scale and stack both was pricing predictability, right? When people buy something, they want to feel comfortable knowing, like, I understand what I'm paying. And I don't magically get a bill that's for more than that, right? And well, we did that at full scale too, because it's a yeah. set monthly price for a full-time person. Now, if they don't work full time, we will give you some money back, but we don't yep. charge for overages. And you know, we've it's got not like a couple competition yeah. does. Yeah. So a lot of it's like hourly. And the problem is is no one wants that surprise invoice. Yeah. No one wants to find out that their team can't work the last month of the uh, the last week of a month or a quarter because they're at that limit or that budget. And that's not good for that. I wouldn't good for employees either because they just want to come to work and yeah. get wins, you know? So, so like, let's make this predictable. Let's make it flexible. And, you know, and, and by the way, I mean, we grew an Inc. 5000 company in under five years that has 300 employees. So I'd say that it worked. Yeah. Depending on the industry you're in and the product service that you have, there's a lot yep. of different things about pricing and packaging that can be a big differentiator. We've, we've covered a few of them. All right. How about strong brand identity and image? I think that's really important for, from the perspective of if I have a problem, who do I think of, right? Like yeah. I think of this company to solve my problem, right? Versus if nobody knows who you are and you're not well known for a certain thing, you're just not going to, just not going to be top of mind or you do too many things that nobody thinks of you because you just do too many things. Well, it's like when you think of GE, like I think of light bulbs. Yeah, I do too. What else? Because they're I know massive. They, they make more than just light bulbs. Uh, they do a lot of things, but now that's a strong brand. But I'm not sure the identity and the image of it goes past a light bulb for me. Yeah, that's a great example of that. Right, right. Now, when you think of Gillette, what do you think of? Razor blades. Correct. Right. So that's a lot more specific, right? Yeah, I, absolutely. McDonald's. It, you think of hamburgers. And it relates to all sorts of tools, right? You hear like HubSpot or, you know, some kind of different Slack or whatever, like different brands that are well known. It's like you immediately understand like, oh, I know what they do. And if I ever have that problem, I know exactly like they would be a perfect solution for this. I would actually argue on the Slack thing because I think most people like in general, like humans on the planet have no fucking clue what Slack does. People, I think people in... And in our in our niche of technology and software and some of that habit, 
Um, but yeah, yeah, I've had a bunch of people. Don't ask my wife what Slack is. Right, or mine. Well, but for them, a lot of that. So like, well, so my wife's in, in a couple Slack groups that are like public with like a ton of people in it. And so, but it gives a different impression of like what Slack is or what it, I mean, that, yes, it can be used for that, but that's not the only thing. So, uh, but you know, you talk about brand identity and we're going to use, we'll use full scale for this again. Like this was a big thing for me over in the Philippines because um, a lot of people that wanted to come work for us did, well, we, we wanted to shatter the startup moniker. Because there, the term startup was maybe not associated with the same positive or favorable things. It, it means no job security. And then unstable, potentially unstable and all of that. So what we found is our hiring competition would be, oh, that's a startup. And I'd say, go back and ask them how many employees they have. And they'd, they'd had 20. I'm like, we have 212 or now 300, you know? So some of that got a little easier over time. And I think also we could talk about the startup hustle brand. Dude, we just, Matt, you, you and I just gave a, how many people, did you have people coming up and talking to you about startup hustle when we were at the Keystone Business yeah, Innovation absolutely. District the other night? Absolutely. Yeah, it's like, I mean, everywhere I go, I was at, we were at, uh, hey, Lauren turned 40. Yes. And we were at her party and I'm sitting there talking to someone in the kitchen and a lady standing next to me goes, so I was just standing here and I was like, God, that guy's voice is really familiar. And then I realized that I've been, you're the, you're Matt from startup hustle, which also shows a lack of the image part because clearly <laughs> didn't recognize us. We have the same problem that NFL players have, Matt. You don't see the face. You yep. don't see the face. So, okay. So uh, other forms of differentiation. And I think for a lot of startups, um, you know, you talk about innovative technology and processes. Um, disruption. I mean, it gets the attention. Like Uber's a great example because Uber destroyed the cab business in most places. Yeah. I, I mean, think it TikTok's did, a good it, example of this too. TikTok is, yes, but at the same, yes, I agree. But at the same time, it did, well, I mean, Meta just had its cross 2 billion daily users. So I'm not sure if it really did the same thing, but I mean, would you want to start a cab company right now? Uh, I know a guy in Kansas city who is good luck. Yeah. That's good what luck. I'm thinking. So yes. yeah, another, okay. Looking back at history. So what Nap, remember when Napster was out? Oh yeah. And like just cloud music in general. It's like, I mean, dude, if you can find a record store now, it's a nostalgic thing. They're selling vinyl as like a collector's item. It's not well, like actually, an they, actual. They sell them at Best Buy, but they don't. But Best Buy doesn't sell CDs anymore, but they do sell vinyl. So when I worked, I used to work for, for Roland. That's the world's largest maker of electronic musical instruments. And when I worked for them, so that was back in 2007 and 2008-ish, maybe, I don't know, in those times, two years. And uh, we were in conversations with Best Buy because Best Buy saw the CD going away. And that was like a third of their floor space because you had all the bins and other shit. And they even had cassettes still. And like, like a lot of that stuff was fading out, but they weren't, they didn't know. They're like, what? Then the reason they were talking to us is because they're obviously Best Buy sells electronics. So like, should we be bringing Roland gear in here, selling keyboards, digital drum sets and stuff like that? And that never panned out because that would have required complete retooling of the dealer agreements that they had with actual stores that sold musical uh, instruments. 
so yeah, but it was weird. But yeah, you look at so, these things change over time. And, you know, Best Buy ended up, they ended up doing a lot more appliances. Because at the time, they weren't big sellers of like refrigerators and dryers and stuff like that. So yeah. All right. Um, this next one on the list is where I think that full scale's done this. I'm realizing we're doing we're we're doing well with differentiation, a personalized approach to customers' needs. I feel like that's all we do. Like, and once again, today's episode of Startup Hustles powered by FullScale.io. Go there, click the button that says Hire Developers, and there's a two minute form. Afterward, we can let you into our portal where you can search for people that you want. But we won't even sign you up as a client unless we talk to you. We want to get to know you. We want to tell, give you literally the best advice that we can that pertains to you and your success, not just ours. But that personalized approach has gone a long way, in my opinion. I talk to people every day, every day, right. entrepreneurs every day. So I love having those conversations. Right. and But, they, but, but as, as businesses and founders, we are snowflakes and unique and the, and there's not a one there's not a one size fits all solution and then the thing is is it's in the in our clients and our employees and our best interests to talk about the solutions that we feel are personalized to their issues to their to the persona of their companies to the skills and technology they use and then the thing is is a lot I talk to people all the time that have never considered two, three, or four options that I'll throw out there as far as team chemistry goes and stuff like that, right? Yeah. I mean, we do a good job of, of helping educate them about some of them, how to run a development team, how and to build personalized. a team. Yeah. All of it. They yeah. know how and to do it some, but you know, we say, hey, look, we're, we've seen success with this approach for these reasons or consider this. And and some of that, like, well, it was, it was, the, it was early in full scale history and and you and you Matt Watson and the team at Stackify helped us build what became a, like a core pillar. We're like, hey, we don't want you to get rid of your local team. Take, find the best people you have, and then add three or four or five people from full scale yeah. to work around that person. And you have this beautiful little hybrid model that works. And you know, you tell people that, and they're like, wow, okay, that makes sense. I think we could do that for these different reasons. And like another one too, is you look at like the site reliability thing. So you talk about the personalized nature, how happy was your team when you added people that worked in opposing time zones? Absolutely. So if somebody else could do on call and deploy software at night, stuff like that. Absolutely. So they didn't Very show happy. up to work. I, I remember talking to your team. I said, what's the best part about this, this opposing schedule? They said, we don't show up every day to 40 tickets. And that's the first thing we have to do when we get yeah. to work. Yep. Cause that Working part 24 was the hours a day. I'm dreading coming to work today because no one's been responding to any of this stuff for 15 hours. And that's not great. So yeah, now personalized, I think that goes a long way. I've talked to a lot of service provider type businesses about this over the years. Like, cause you know, I get someone to come bid on landscaping or a deck or something like that. And it's kind of like, I don't know, like give me a very sp personalized approach. Like I would ask questions like you can. Okay. So we live in Kansas city, which is basically the Kansas and Missouri state line. I'm a Kansas Jayhawks fan. 
and not a Missouri fan, if you want to come plant a bunch of yellow and black flowers in my front bed, <laughs> I'm going to be like, dude, I'm not a Missouri Tigers fan. Like if you came and I would ask questions like that. I say, Hey, you know, are you a KU fan? Cause that's another thing I, I you, I, you'd be easy to see you. If you took that approach and I knew that I had flora growing in my front yard that represented the teams or likes or colors, that's a personalized approach. Well, and you also have a whole economy of personalization of like personalizing gifts and things. Oh and yeah. Etsy yeah. and all that yeah. kind of stuff. That's like its whole other economy as well. My wife is all into that kind of stuff. All right. So next on the list, strong company culture and values. This is hard to do in some place. Well, you can have it internally. It's hard to, it's hard to sometimes differentiate outward with this, but some companies you know, do a great job. Well, I, this at full scale, we take a portion of our revenue and it directly goes to community outreach. We give money to schools and computer programs. And like, we even adopted a fucking Eagle. We named it, it ended up getting named C sharp, by the way. In some, in some ways this could be, it's more of a negative differentiation than a positive differentiation, right? Like you get you get the PR of how bad your company culture is. Ticketmaster, a huge negative culture, or though. or the way you, like Ticketmaster is one of the most hated companies in the world. Yeah, they add thirty percent to the price of tickets. Yeah. By the way, which by the way, most of that goes back to the artist, not Ticketmaster. But Ticketmaster stands up and takes the arrows. They've just owned the fact that they're hated. All right, because I was I was buying right. Super Bowl. I was trying to buy Super Bowl tickets and the. Uh, 20 or 30% they tack on at the end as a surprise is uh that should be against the law. You can click a button that asks to show the price with the fees. So you actually don't get that surprise. But yeah, I was a ticket broker for years. You worked one for one for a while. That's not, yeah. that problem's not going away, but no, the strong company culture and values, you know, we used Uber as an example before Uber actually has a, has a reputation for ha I don't know if they fix it for having had a terrible company culture. If you watch super pumped the which I recommend you liked that, didn't you? That was a good, it was amazing. Good. It was yeah. very good. Really good, really insightful. And it did not hold back on the bad shit too. It was a shit show. Yeah. So it was, a, it was very misogynistic. It was very bro driven. And then what really uh, so when Travis Kalanick signed on as one of Trump's economic advisors, a whole campaign of, of delete Uber started and they lost like a third of their users. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's a great example of, well, th that you might differentiate, but that, there's that some, wasn't the, that wasn't the kind yeah, of there's some, there, there's a few negative differentiators oh, out yeah. there that, yeah. <laughs> Dude, like the, my, the, my pillow guy. Hey, you know, maybe, maybe that's a good differentiator for him. I don't know. I don't know, you know? man. He, I, is it? I don't know. He got pulled. From it must everywhere, work. Everywhere. Are they still in business? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. All right. Expertise or specialization in a specific industry or market. I feel I like every, I mean, most people have that, right? Like you have to have that. There are some, there are some businesses that are cross vertical right? Like we are Salesforce and we serve all verticals or whatever, right? But a lot of products are vertical specific. And like my first company was an automotive, only an automotive. Like you've, you've got to have expertise in a, a vertical usually. So at the last school that I dropped out of the Kelly School of Business at Indiana University, which by the way is top 20 business school, but they know a couple things. They were always pushing this. So like when your name, all right, so 
if I said, give me a Kleenex, you'd know what I mean, right? But you're not going to give me an actual Kleenex brand Kleenex every time, right? Nope. It's a facial tissue, right? So some of that, that's I think that's where this kind of comes in because, and, and this felt weird for me, and I still I, I think about this occasionally when I when I ponder. But you know, it, when your when your company's name becomes the name of the brand or the product, that's apparently a really bad thing. Because it's not like give me a Kleenex brand Kleenex. Xerox was another one. You you eventually right? lose the trademark. Well, you well you kind of lose it, but you just it's so general in in that regard that you, I mean it's like hey now I'm sure I feel like that probably someone's like hey get a Xerox machine, and then and someone you don't get Xerox. No, they but they go but I feel like in a lot of cases they go straight to Xerox. So I don't know. I kind of debate that one, but but so what about Walmart? I mean, what is Walmart just specialized in like having low prices and a lot of shit to buy? Is that there? Pretty much. Okay. I worked there. You did? I did. I worked at Walmart in high school. You worked at Sears too. I did. Are they still in business? Uh, I think they still sell some appliances. Yeah. All Not right. Much. Yeah, I, all I know is, yeah, Kmart. How's Kmart doing? I think it's gone. There might be a few of them. You know, there's still a blockbuster. One, there's one left. There was still a Toys R Us in the Philippines last That's time. That's true. I was, I was actually in it recently. Now that you bring it up, I forgot that they're. How is that possible? I don't know. I wonder, I bet they have a foreign branch that didn't go bankrupt. Jeffrey the giraffe looks so sad on his last day out. Have you ever seen that video? Like he really no. did, like a guy in a giraffe costume walking out, hanging his head, shuffling his feet. I mean, the, the, uh, the struggle is real, but well, okay. So we mentioned some monsters there. How about Amazon? Amazon differentiated with the fast delivery time, the, the ease of purchasing, right? Like that was a big change. You want to talk about disrupting all of it? I mean, shit, dude, look at how many places struggle or want to deliver quickly. Well, no, and then, and to tag onto that is easy returns. Like my wife buys random shit on the internet yeah. and she gets mad if she can't return it. And I'm like, every time I'm like, that's why I like buying from Amazon. I know I can return it. No questions asked. Dude, I'm so bad at returning stuff even when I can. Yeah, I know. I got I am. I'm really not good. You knew that? I am too. Oh, okay. So it's not just me? And, and using gift cards here. See, my gift cards have been sitting on my desk for months. I never well, it's funny one. you mentioned that because look, I had wow. Because <laughs> here's a whole here's five. Dang. Here's five fifty five. I know these were credit card rewards, and my house is being painted, and they moved a bunch of stuff. And I saw this, I was like, "What is that?" And I picked this up, and I was you like, got, "Whoa, is there a credit card in this?" Yeah, and I opened it up, and apparently I've got five hundred dollars in there. Two hundred fifty dollars worth of Lowe's gift cards. Yeah. <laughs> so I put them somewhere else that I'll forget about them. I hope they don't expire. They might. Okay, sustainability or social responsi responsibility, that stands out. I think that there's a lot of companies that specialize in environmental solutions. Um, I mean, our co-host Lauren and her business, InnovateHerKC.org, or no, it's .com, it's .com. I always fuck that up. But you talk, I mean, that is a differentiator in some ways. Um, I also see brands, like I own a pair of shoes that from Adidas that are made from ocean waste. Right. Um, I just, 
I mean, I, I bought them because yeah, that was a differentiator. Like, thank you. Sure. I'll, I'll support that. It's similar to that. You have companies that do the like buy one, give one kind of stuff. Like you buy mm. a pair of socks, we give a pair of socks. Mm. You get My bear Jeff, we had her on the show. Remember the bear? Yeah. Yeah. That was a buy one kind of get a bunch, give a bunch. I think I bought one and gave three. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey, you're out there, man. Yeah. Sus- sustainability it. is, I think, a, a big topic in some industries and in other industries It just like sort of doesn't exist. Some of that's hard, man. Like I remember it was Rachel Cohen that was, and it was my bear Jeff. And you know, that's, that's really hard. That's, those are the kind of founders and people that do stuff like that. I always thank them. I'm like, thanks for doing the shit that I'm, I, I won't. I do that with Lauren, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, it's just like, but those are, those are tough businesses, man. Cause like, I, like when I hear not for profit, especially it just doesn't compute for me. And I'm like, well, how do you pay your bills? Like what happens? What do you got to do? Like, yeah. yeah. And some of those nonprofit companies are, I don't want to call them a scam, but they're almost a scam. Well, dude, well, I don't want to mention them cause I'm not, I'm not prepared to have data, but some of those things you're right. Like you, the money you end up sending, like, basically just employs a bunch of people at that place. And then like a, like a, a little slice of it goes somewhere else. Yeah. So. Yep. Okay. Uh, str- I like this last one on the list, strategic partners and collaborations with other businesses and organizations. For me, I'm, I'm already on this this year. Cause I, one of the things on my list that was a big thing for startup hustle, especially, I want this to be the year of the collaboration. Well, and, and so in a lot of industries, you have system integrators or installers, you know, different kinds of channel partners, right? You think about buying like, like almost lots of things for your house, like the guy that the, the people that sell Pella windows or like whatever the windows is like, they're, they're differentiators they are a certified installer for this thing. Like there, there's a lot of those kinds of businesses too. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the strategic partner, the collaboration thing you really see in a lot of stuff, like, especially like I see it all the time in fashion and you know, it's like this brand and this brand make this and, and they sell a bunch of shit, you know, it's popular. It's fun. It incorporates the identity and brand of both, both collaborators. And there's, I mean, even look at every certain amount. I published a, a video on Instagram and you were a collaborator in that, yeah. which means that if you accept that, that same video will show on your channel. And like, I was just talking to our friend, Eric Perkins, the, the Perkins builder brothers about that. And, you know, if you can, and that's why I said, like, find the, Find the people that are that are into your cause, that are in your lane, that are going in that same direction, whether they're ahead of you or behind it, behind you, and 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 form Voltron, man. Do something that, yeah. I, I say that, and I just immediately had to pause because I was talking to someone way younger than me, and I used the Voltron reference. And <laughs> was like, Wait, who's Voltron? Power Rangers. That's what he said. He's like, oh, so it's like the Power <laughs> Rangers. And I was like, no, it's not. It's not at you all. Know, a good example of that collaboration was Adidas and Kanye. Ah, oh, until well that, it didn't work. Well, bro, that worked out. That worked out for both of them until dude went until nuts. And yeah. fuck you, Kanye. I wear. I have a bunch of Yeezys, dude. My kids have Yeezys, and like I feel weird wearing them. And it's not. I mean, because your opinions don't affect my feet, but I got to talk to people about freaking Kanye when I wear yep. them. 
<laughs> you know, I was just like, shit. I mean, but yeah, but these are things, you know, find a way to collab, find a way to support. Um, these things matter. And, um, you know, I, I, I've said this before. I think one of the, the best ways to move up is to look up and ask the people that are already on top to pull you up. Well, and I think people that are thinking about being an entrepreneur, that sort of being like a channel partner, system integrator, installer, yeah. certified, whatever, for these types mm-hmm. of things is great. Like I know somebody who does this for like a big um, content management system and all he is, he's like one of their certified, you know, integration partners or whatever, and they just bring him business, you know, yeah. like that, that's a great way as an entrepreneur too, is to partner with somebody that mm-hmm. brings you business and you're the certified integrator installer stuff like that yep so here, here we are at the end of the show i mean what do we there there was one thing that that i, I thought of so you mentioned like geography yeah. sometimes differentiation becomes automatic um today was interesting so in, in every state other than the one we live in you can buy cannabis legally now everyone except Kansas. Yeah. yeah what yeah so the lack of differentiation by Kansas you mean, is... You mean with from a short drive from here, not nationwide? No, the, all the states that touch Kansas. Okay. Surrounding us. Okay. Right. Yep. But that's a geographic differentiation. And it's also kind of stupid of Kansas because I can just drive two miles to Missouri and buy cannabis there and put all my revenue and tax do- and, and tax and all of that. Like... In some cases, it's just like quit being stubborn, yeah. you know, and, and I say that, but that's geographic differentiation. It just comes automatically. Hey, look, the, now on the flip side of that, all those places in Missouri, they probably don't want Kansas to open it up. Maybe they do. Maybe they're just going to open branches or stores there. But I'm just saying it's like, I mean, Colorado did that and, and Colorado just has like one of the, the best revenue models and like they had to give the people of Colorado money back a couple years ago because they had so much tax revenue coming in from weed because they, they had that geographic differentiation. Yep. Yep. You know, so like, and that's just one example. And then sometimes it's like, I mean, if you're trying to open a water park in Maine, that might not be the best place to geographically differentiate, but you might be the only one in Maine. Who knows? You might, you might, might be the best place in the world for an indoor water park. True. See, now you're like thinking. Like Wisconsin Dells. You've ever heard of the Wisconsin Dells? I have indoor water well, park. because I bought cheese curds. What do yeah. they do? Did what? The, did they have an indoor water park? Uh, there's like I want to say there's like ten of them or something. There's like a whole city of them. I stopped in the Dells once because everyone was talking about cheese curds. Like I used that was part of my sales territory, and I like cheese, so I stopped and I bought some cheese curds. I thought they were all right, you know. Yeah, I did. I did, but. I mean, I wasn't like blown away with it, but yeah, I remember there was like a, there was a lot, there was a lot there that, that is definitely a cheese driven economy at the Dells. It's like a bunch <laughs> of cheese stores and attractions and stuff. So, but sometimes that differentiation is what pulls people in. You know, you see a lot of things like, and I think that, you know, we'll kind of round out this episode. You look at, at so I've noticed a lot of the like outdoor retailers, like you have Shields and Bass Pro Shops, like Shields has a Ferris wheel, a full size carnival yes. Ferris wheel inside it. And I know that because I got a budget for my kids to ride the time and $3 for a token for each of us to get on that thing and ride it. But, 
you know, it's like I said, it's that it's the experience that's in the store. They have all kinds of like, there's like a talking robot of Abraham Lincoln, like, like reading something and like, and a lot of things. And it's, and it's an attraction, but it differentiates them from a place like Dick's Sporting Goods, which just has sporting goods. Right. Dick's yeah, finally, old, Dick's finally succeeded at buying Dick's.com, by the way. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wrote about that in my book about poorly planned business names. Because for a while, if you went to Dix.com, it was not the sporting goods place. Trust me, I learned that lesson. I was like, whoa, that is not <laughs> baseball equipment. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But at the same time, not a not a terrible name. You kind of think about it and you chuckle. You're like, oh. So, all right. Well, speaking of Dick's, they have that that restaurant chain where they're rude to you. Like that's their whole their whole shtick. Oh, I haven't seen that. I think it's called Dick's Last Resort. Anyway, maybe we'll just won't talk about Dick's anymore on the show. <laughs> so, all right. Finally happened. 1,100 episodes later, Matt. Sorry. I, I broke the brand standard there accidentally. But no, but with that, and I think it's a good place to close, actually. Like, have a brand standard. Have some, have some ideals. Have, have your brand. Go push with it. I think the thing I want to say on the way to close out, if you want to differentiate, be bold, man. Quit straddling the line. Like, we mentioned my pillow, And, okay, so that guy certainly is in business because there's a lot of people that are, like, that hardcore supporter of Trump that are probably We're talking like, about him. Look at, I'll buy this dude's pillow all day. We're you talking know, like, about him. Right. And now with that, probably costs him a lot of it. It costs him a lot of business too, but who knows? Who knows? Work. I don't know if the inter internal workings on that. So you got any comments on the way out? I think there's so many ways to differentiate yourself. I think the key is just not trying to be everything to everybody. Like that is not a differentiator. You, you got to be a specialist. I think about it like bird species. Like every species of bird has a uniqueness to it, you know, and uh, you just got to figure out what makes you unique. What's your favorite bird, Matt? Um, the ostrich. Is it? It differentiates with the head in the sand thing. <laughs> for sure. There you go. See, it's everywhere, people. All yep. right, Matt. I'll catch up with you down the road. See ya. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.